Welcome to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. We examine things like habits of entrepreneurs, emerging trends, financing, marketing, where to get help, even how to get started on your own. By the way, I love hearing from small business owners and employees. Let's talk about your business. Send me an email, gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Today's story is why longer checkout lines have developed at many retailers and where restaurants are seeing significant growth. We'll have those stories after this. Everyone has tasks, right, big and small, that prevent them from being the best versions of themselves. Finn is a high-quality, on-demand assistant that can handle the administrative aspects of life, declutter your to-do list, and keep you focused on what matters most. Thousands of busy people already rely on Finn to handle tasks like scheduling meetings, booking travel, or even more complex jobs. Finn is the perfect personal assistant I never realized I needed. Available 24-7, 365. I started using it a few times a week. Then I saw how much time I was saving, and it was a no-brainer. I'm getting back a ton of time to focus on the things that matter. Using Finn is literally putting minutes back in my day. You don't need to spend your time recruiting, training, and managing an assistant. Finn can do it all. On average, Finn can save you 200 hours a year. Try it for free at finn.com slash biz. Once you try Finn, you're going to love it. And as a listener of this program, I've arranged for you to try Finn for free at finn.com slash biz. Just use my link, finn.com slash biz, to try Finn for free. Again, finn, F-I-N, finn.com slash biz. Many of America's biggest retailers, threatened by Amazon.com, have been slashing staff even faster than they've been closing stores, something you've probably noticed if you needed help on the floor or when trying to pay. Wall Street Journal reporter Suzanne Kapner says it's a dynamic that has left fewer clerks and longer checkout lines at remaining locations. Suzanne, explain. Brick-and-mortar retailers have been under tremendous pressure to cut costs. They're facing a lot of competition from Amazon and other online players. Their sales, you know, have been declining or not really growing much in the uh, past few years. And so, you know, what do you do in a situation like that? You cut wherever you can, and labor is one of their biggest costs. But um, there have been uh, some some new studies, and some industry executives have come out with, um, you know, a thesis that, wait a minute, they're sort of cutting off their nose to spite their face, so to speak, because by cutting back store labor, they're... Um, creating a situation where it's hard for shoppers to get help in the store, the cash register lines are too long, and it creates this very uninviting experience where people end up leaving without buying, and that's only hurting their sales uh, even further. Yeah. Well, there was one woman, I think, toward the tail end of your story who said, it's the reason I do not go to stores anymore. I shop online because the service is terrible. Exactly. And I've, I've gotten so many emails from readers this morning saying the same thing, just with, all, with their own personal horror stories of going into a store and not being able to find help and, and just leaving empty-handed. Mm. So who's responding to this? Because surely the complaints are out there, obviously. Who's, any, any stores deciding, you know what, it has gone too far. Here's how we're tackling it. Well, we are seeing um, a few retailers sort of wake up. Um, you know, this is not an apparel chain, but Kroger, the grocery store, said they want to hire 11,000 workers to improve their customer service. And Dick's Sporting Goods has acknowledged that, um, you know, after cutting back on uh, store labor for the past decade, they want to increase it now by 10%. And uh, Macy's is adding staff to some stores in select areas this year. So there are some companies who are saying, wait a minute, 
you know, we, we may have cut too far. Mm. Mm. We're speaking with Wall Street Journal reporter Suzanne Kapner about her story entitled Retail's Other Problem, Too Few Clerks in the Store. Uh, is there a training element to that? Because I feel like sometimes, you know, it's it's nice to have bodies around the store, but if, if they don't know where to point you or how to help you, that's that's of no use. Right, and that is, um, you, we, we have seen some other retailers, um, partially, you know, they're in this very tight labor market, so to compete for workers, they've been having to offer better pay, better benefits, and also better training, because, you know, if, to make your work, your employees feel engaged, you want to train them properly and make them feel like they're an important part of the, of the overall business. So we are seeing um, some better training roll out. Thanks, Suzanne. Wall Street Journal reporter Suzanne Kapner. You don't often find the words business and friendly in the same sentence, let alone the same state, unless, of course, you're talking about Michigan. Michigan's business-friendly practices help to become a leader in industries that range from agribusiness and cybersecurity to aerospace and defense. In fact, Michigan is ranked among the top 10 states for major new and expanded facilities, which makes Michigan more than business-friendly. It makes Michigan business-smart. To learn more, visit michiganbusiness.org, because helping business grow is pure Michigan. And finally, the growth in the restaurant industry is coming from those who are dining at home. Customers are increasingly ordering food through apps on their smartphones or by calling in. And that demand for deliveries from sit-down restaurants, as well as the more familiar pizza chains and Chinese takeout spots, is dramatically changing the restaurant industry. Here's how from Sharice Jones, national business correspondent at USA Today. Sharice, what did you look at? Well, you know, we wanted to see, you know, uh, the numbers of people that are going to actual restaurants is kind of stagnating. And um, a study came out that showed that delivery is really where the growth has been. It's gone up about 10% in the last five years. People are having breakfast and lunch dropped off at their homes as well as dinner. So we wanted to see how restaurants were adapting. And they're really having to implement a lot of changes, whether it's creating a special counter to handle all of the orders, hiring uh, extra staff to drive the meals to people's homes when they're not using an Uber Eats or a Seamless, and they're even having to change the, uh, the menu because certain things don't hold up as well when they have to travel. So it's really shaking up the industry. Wow. Explain the growth some of these places are seeing when it comes to home delivery from restaurants. Oh, yeah, like BJ's um, has seen deliveries and takeout mixed in with that almost double in the last year. Um, Jack in the Box has started doing delivery. Applebee's, Panera, I mean, restaurants that traditionally had people coming in and maybe taking out or sitting down to eat are now having to really ramp up and dive into delivery because there's such a demand for it, you know, especially at a time when people are used to getting everything dropped at their door, whether it's a gadget or a bag of groceries. So they're seeing you know, really uh, increased demand, often growing faster than their sit-down traffic in the restaurant. Wow. What is it? We don't want to socialize anymore? This is weird. (laughs) You know, I think that we like convenience, and, you know, people are sitting down with their families and eating at home. They just don't want to cook. You know, they're used to, you know, now being able to get things done for them. You know, it's like, you know, it used to be just the wealthy that could have somebody else prepare the food, but now you can order in and sit down and talk to your kids and watch television or whatever else you want to do when you don't have to get in there and do the dishes after. So I just think we're a culture that's very used to convenience at this point in every aspect of our lives. Mm. We're speaking with Sharice Jones, national business correspondent at USA Today. And she's written an interesting piece about the growth of delivery for restaurants. It's in the pieces entitled Delivery Boom is Changing Everything 
about the restaurant business, including, by the way, as you point out, ingredients in some cases so that uh, the food can survive uh, delivery, right, if it's not being placed on a table at the restaurant. Right. It's really interesting. I spoke to um, a restaurateur, Zach Pollock, who has a place called Costa Buona in Los Angeles. And he also has another restaurant called Alimento. And the menus are totally different because Costa Buona really emphasizes delivery and takeout options. And so, you know, pasta doesn't travel as well. I mean, they time the pasta to the second at Alimento to make sure that if it's still kind of cooling down, it'll be the right texture when it gets to the table. Well, you know, if it's going to be in the car for 30 minutes... You know, you can't really do that. So instead, they do a lot of pizzas. Um, they might do eggplant parmesan, which is good cold. So literally, they had to look at, or he had to look at the ingredients and entrees he offered because there's such a difference between what tastes good after traveling in a car for half an hour versus going right from the kitchen to a table. Yeah. Boy, how about, too, the growth in just uh, breakfast delivery is startling. Oh, yeah, that was huge. That was a 13% uptick in breakfast deliveries, which is really funny to me because it's, you know, you think if you're going to have breakfast, you're either going to stop and pick it up yourself or you're going to cook it at home. But that's been a huge leap. And lunch deliveries have also gone up about 3%. But like I said, you know, actual dining in restaurants is really kind of flatlined. So it's just interesting that throughout the day, people are looking to get their food dropped off at the office or at home. Boy. Where does the trend go next? I mean, because right now, well, I guess drone delivery of food, right? I mean, we're probably doing it with Uber Eats or whatever, or cars right now. Drones? I mean, that might be coming. I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll have like a robot, you know, that is in the home, like a little Echo that'll prepare the meal for you as well. I mean, I, you know, I think that they're always kind of looking for ways to be cutting edge and, you know, to kind of entice customers. And you kind of need these things, too. In markets like Los Angeles, there's a lot of regulations, uh, minimum wage has risen. And so if you want to increase revenue, but you don't really have the money to buy a bigger space, you're not getting people to come in, you know, delivery is one of the ways to do that. So I think they're all looking for ways to be cutting edge to keep the customers coming. Thanks, Sharice. Sharice Jones, National Business Correspondent at USA Today. Reminder, by the way, the Small Business Report is found on our website, which is thismorningwithgordondeal.com. That's also where you can hear our daily news program called This Morning, America's First News. Again, if you'd like to share your small business story, I'd like to hear it. Send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. That's gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal.